Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, before we get to our next guest, let me just uh, read off this direct quote from Von Miller from his podcast this week. Quote, I've been recruiting him. I've gave him the spiel. I've had him on the phone with the GM. Bean sees it the same way I see it. The ball is in OBJ's court. That is Von Miller on Odell Beckham Jr., who yesterday in a Reddit thread also indicated to people that Odell Beckham Jr. will be a Buffalo Bill. That's what he said in the Reddit thread. Take that for what you will. DJ Enemy joins me now on a Western Hotline. Uh, DJ, uh, if I asked you to put some money down on where Odell Beckham Jr. was going to land in the next, I, w- I would guess it has to be the next 7 to 14 days by the time he makes a decision here, where would that be? You, th- you like the Bills' chances or are you a Cowboys guy? I like the Bills' chances, but I'm for sure. Uh, I would rather see him with the Cowboys. One, because you know I'm a Dolphins fan, yeah, so I, I don't need you guys I getting. I don't need you guys getting way more weapons. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't need that. Nah, I'm good. I need him in Dallas, Big D with Dak Prescott. You feel me? <laughs> no, not at all, man. But it's fine. It's fine. Listen, I get it. Um, I get it. You know, when in doubt. I'm almost a little disappointed that even though you're a Dolphins fan, you would want to wish any good weather, any good thing for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know. I, I I'm just not. I'm. I wouldn't even be. I would rather him go to Miami than to have him go to Dallas. That's how much I hate Dallas. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'm a. That was a joke. Fan. That was a joke. I would. I would. I would not be happy about him going to Miami. <laughs> 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 Listen, I got you here. We're going to talk a little Texans here in a, in a couple minutes. Just kind of get the update on the Brandon Cook situation and everything going down in Houston and and uh, and everything else. We'll talk a little Jets because I know uh, a lot of your former colleagues over there are giving you a hard time that you know they're finally good after you left. But let's start with your team real quick, the Dolphins. You know, I've I've had quite a journey with Tua, as many people have. Um, I got to hand it to to Dolphins fans to Tua. He has been very very good this year. Uh, but yeah. he's got he's got some he's got some games on the schedule here that are money games that are going to really force him to play his best football if they're going to sort of make it through the the tough part of December. What has been maybe the most I don't know the most maybe the the, the biggest surprise to you about Tua this year and where you think this goes with whatever eight games nine games left on the schedule. And how good Tyreek Hill has been. I mean, it's been unbelievable. He's been one of the best players in football. But how much, if you were to put like a balance on it, how much is it been Tua's elevated play or has it been Tyreek Hill's presence? I want to tell you that I believe it's probably 50-50. I know a lot of other people yeah. will, will try to tell you it's all been Tyreek Hill. I'm, I'm not a believer that it's all been Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. Nah, um, to answer uh, uh, the last part, yeah, I would, 
I would put it 50-50 because at the end of the day, like, we saw it with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and we've seen it with A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. Once you get that guy for your young quarterback, that game-changing type receiver, their game is going to elevate. But also, like, you still got to get the guy the ball. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks yeah. get that type of receiver and, you know, still be mediocre. Like, Baker Mayfield, he had Odell and Jarvis and was still mediocre. So, yeah, I for me, I put a 50-50, and I see your earlier part, how surprised I am scale 1 to 10, I'll probably go like a 7. Because, like, I thought he was going to be good, right? But, like, if you look at some, like, advanced stats and things like that, and, like, it's, it's kind of, like, insane. Like, number one in QBR, 100%. number one passer rating, number one yards per attempt, 30 completion percentage, um, 15 touchdowns in six games, six full games that he started. Like, I don't even think the only Dolphin fan that I believe, believe that was going to happen is probably his trainer. Honestly, sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because like, like anybody would like that was even like you know that understood basic football with okay, yeah, he'll be better than what he was last year. He could be like at the bare minimum an average starting quarterback. But right now, like I all look at all the numbers, he's playing like a, a top ten clip, and you can make the argument that he's in that five top five range. Now, granted, you have to put seniority and things like that, and overall eye test and ability into the, the equation. But again, like the fact that you can make the argument, I don't think anybody outside of his trainer who I love to death, would have predicted that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Now to, to your middle part of your question, when you talk about that, 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 that stretch, yeah, he has the Chargers. You got, you got San Fran. You got um, Buffalo, New England, Jets. Yeah, that's going to be a tough stretch. Um, hopefully they can get the run game going. Um, you know, I know a lot of people talk about the arm strength thing, and I think that is a fair, valid concern. But I think for me, it's not about if it's cold. It's about if it's windy. Because, mm. like, yes. cold, if it's cold, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is, it's cold. But if it's windy, that's when everything completely changed. I know you and I both remember the Patriots versus Bills mm-hmm. game on Monday night where it was, like, 50 mile per hour uh, winds, and the Patriots threw the, ran the, threw the ball three times. They ran it the entire game. You know what I'm saying? So, for me, it's more about if, if it's windy. If it's windy, it's, you know, that's a different discussion. But if it's just cold, you know, like, I mean, I know you remember week, what was it, week 17? Um, when you guys absolutely thrashed us, fifty six, like oh yeah, twenty one or whatever, yeah. like he still threw for like three hundred yards. He had his three picks, but like he was still able to throw the ball with not almost with ease. He was still able to throw the ball. It was like if it's windy, that's when I get a little concerned. But we'll see. So I mean, that stretch is a very very important stretch. So I'm I'm excited to see it. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, and listen, I mean, like you said, you, you mentioned some of the opponents coming up. They've got some really good defenses coming up. Now, the Chargers, I don't know. I mean, their, their defense was on paper oh, yeah. supposed to be very good, but they have not been good. Um, you know, just, just you know, and they're, they're a good question here for you. Like, you look at that Chargers team and the expectations. Is there any team in the NFL that continually gets more of the highest expectations going in every year, and they just disappoint every single year? Like, you look at that team. Is Brett, like? Do you get the feel and the vibe across the AFC that like Brandon Staley might be in trouble? The Chargers might be in trouble. Like I think Staley might be in trouble. Like his oh, job. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Staley's in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble, in my opinion, because like when you have a star quarterback, right? You know, like the expectation is at the bare minimum you got to make the playoffs. And right now, there's a chance that they don't make the playoffs. Like they'll probably lose this week to the to the um, Niners. They'll be five and four. And they still got to play the Chiefs again. That's going to be another L. Like, mm-hmm. they still have a lot of teams that they got to play. And they aren't playing their best brand of football. Granted, like, you know, they deal with a lot of injuries. But, again, like, even when they were healthy, they didn't even look that impressive, you know? So, um, yeah. 
I think for sure if they miss the playoffs again, he's in a lot of trouble. Especially when you have Sean Payton mm. sitting around waiting. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on. And <laughs> yeah, that's that, and that's probably his job if he wants it. Let's be real. And and, and he would love the opportunity. And I, frankly, I would love the opportunity. Here's the thing, though. They got Joe Lombardi right now. That's that's Sean Payton's boy. He's got him throwing three yards down the field on every attempt. So, right. you know, is it the Sean Payton offense? Probably not. Sean Payton's probably doing better than Joe Lombardi. But Lombardi has been bad this year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, nah, that that's facts. I think the only game that I can really think of when like the Chargers offense was really clicking was against the Texans. Um, I think they put like thirty four that game. But then like the Texans, I mean the Chargers defense got the Texans right back in. Like they made Davis Mills look good and like, you know, most games this year he hasn't looked good. So the fact that they made him look good in the second half kinda exemplifies how much of a head scratcher the Chargers are. Yeah, no doubt. And like I I'm glad you brought up uh in, in the conversation here. The Houston Texans. Um, before we get into Brain and Cooks and that whole dilemma and what kind of what the rest of the year looks like with him and beyond, go back to that Eagles game for me because I watched that game with an expectation that they were going to get absolutely blown out. They didn't. Right. Um, I thought they played probably their best football of the year. Uh, right. Damon Pierce is a dog. Um, yep. Where do you kind of stand on this team right now with Lovey Smith? Is is the expectation still that like he? Is a one and done guy like I like because I, I felt like that was the expectation right like he takes over for um no I can't even remember his name their their coach last year David Cudley cut that's right uh, uh David Cully and do you get the sense like they're going to be going back to back with one year band aids at the head coaching position based on the performance this year or do you think that there are longer term plans for Lovey Smith considering they're going to have a top five pick and they should have a lot of opportunities to stockpile in the draft and they've got a ton of cap space as well going into next year. Yeah, no, I think Lovey will be back next year. Um, I think that this year, I mean, obviously it was a rebuild. Um, obviously, like, they fell. They picked Lovey after they wanted to go with two other options. And, you know, the Flores situation kind of, they didn't want to deal with the blowback. So it is what it is on that. But I do think that Lovey will be um, the coach next year. Um, because, like, outside of, actually every game they've been in until the fourth quarter, some four quarters they've, you know, let let the game break open, like the Charlie the Raiders game. Mm-hmm. The Chargers game, they came back into it, um, and they were, it was a one score game. Going into the fourth quarter against the Eagles, it was a one score game. So they they played hard. Like their issues really just stem from like not having that game changing type yeah. of talent. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. can make impact plays to really flip the game on its head. Um, yes, they have Damian Pierce. Yes, they got Brandon. Cooks. But they, you know, yes, they have a good offense. They have a above average offensive line. They have pieces, but they just need a little bit more. Um, because again, like as you know, a lot of this league just comes down to do you have a guy that can really flip the game open, you know? And they are kind of missing that on both sides. DJB Enemy at ESPN covers the Houston Texans on our Western Hotline. We're talking a little Texans right now. We'll talk some Jets in a minute too. Um, I want to ask you about Brandon Cooks and like what the future holds for him because it feels like a puzzling decision not to trade him at the deadline, even if they maybe didn't get exactly what they were looking for. I. You know, like that that's the kind of trade I think you just have to make. And part of this is on Brandon Cooks. I mean, he decided to re-sign in the offseason. Right. I I don't really want to hear like, well, you know, I wanted to play for a winner and we, we, we you know, I thought we'd be better. I mean, you know exactly what you were signing up for. And you right. knew that he he was going to have demand on the open market if you wanted to make it to the open market. So, I, I think for me, I, I was a little I, I think there's a little bit of blood on both hands if that makes sense, but yeah. I I look at this and I say, what's next for Brandon Cooks because I, it feels like he'll probably play out the rest of the season, but he's going to probably be right back on the trade block as soon as the offseason opens up again. 
Yeah, no, nah, I mean, you know, when we talked to him on Friday, uh, was it Friday on Thursday, when a reporter asked, do you fit the culture of, not do you fit the culture, but they asked a culture question about what Jack, uh, not Jack used to be, but what uh, Nick Casario is trying to build. And he said, I don't know, you know. You know, I don't really know mm. exactly what that looks like, you know. Um, and that question, that answer to that question kind of just exemplifies where things probably will head in the offseason, that they'll probably try to see if they can make something happen where they both go separate ways. Um, you know, Cook is still going to be a pro regardless. Like, mm-hmm. He's going to show up. He's going to do what he has to do. Um, because at the end of the day, you and I both know, like the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So if you go out there and pout, that's only going to hurt your market. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I kind of feel for him at, at, at the same time, but I also do agree with you that he knew he was signing up for. At the end of the day, I just see it from both sides. Um, kind of is what it is. I mean, I think a lot of it does also come back to the fact that he's not getting the ball like he right. thinks he should, you know. Fair enough. Like a run-heavy run heavy offense. Um, the quarterback doesn't have that effort mentality where I'm going to just get you the ball. Regardless, like, he, like, um, Davis knows – is kind of robotic in his approach to quarterbacking, which I understand. But, like, sometimes you just got to give – you know, throw it to your guy and just force-feed him, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because, you know, Brandon Cooks is making the type of money that he could demand to be force-fed. And, again, like, he has the resume that says, hey, I can be force-fed. And the film says that at times he still is getting open. Um, but, again, like, his usage is kind of wonky at times, too, where sometimes he's running go routes, running posts, um, instead of moving around in the slide and – giving them some outbreaking routes and some in-breaking routes and some, you know, just things to get him the ball and get him more involved. Sometimes you just get, like, screen passes that are, you know, obviously not going to really amount to much because you and I both know, like, it's hard. She's in college. Like, you're throwing a bunch 100%. of screen routes. Isn't going to, like, you know, really get receivers the type of production that they would like to get. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things in all honesty. So, Listen, you look back at this 2022 NFL draft, DJ, and the top of it, and kind of what their what their early returns. Because I mean, frankly, they are still early returns. But you look at the choice at the number three overall pick, Derek Stingley Jr., uh, compared to what we've seen from the Jets' Sauce Gardner, who is, I think, right now establishing himself as a top five, top ten player at the bare minimum, a top ten player at his position. If Houston could go back and do it again, are they still taking Derek Stingley? Yeah, I think so because the difference between um, the diff- major difference between sauce and sting, the yeah, sauce and sting is how they're used. Mm. Um, you know, Lovey, as you know, he runs a lot of cover too, especially on third down, and that kind of takes the cornerback out of play to make plays because for the most part, teams are going to try to attack the middle of the field. Right now, in between the hashes, especially on third down, yep. they're completing 72 percent of their passes in that area because that's where they're attacking for the most part because cover two kind of takes away. You're trying to throw outside the numbers. Um, and they don't really, you know, they don't won't really run that much, man. They won't really run that much. They run some quarter, um, some quarters, but it isn't too often. Like, I think it's like less than 20%. For the most part, they're running cover two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, if you put Sauce in that situation, he's probably not as productive um, in terms of making plays on the ball. So, like, that, you know, at the end of the day, like, Salah system really exemplifies corner play. Like, he really elevates corner play. Granted, like, at the end of the day, like, Corners start to make plays, but he puts them in position to make plays because it's very simplistic for them. They don't. He doesn't actually do too much. It's either third down, we're going to press, put you in press coverage, and we're going to blitz, so you have to cover that long, or we're going to have you off sitting at eight to nine yards and cover three or quarters, so you can sit on a lot of routes with that, which is why you saw um, 
Stephon Diggs, the first play of the game, get past um, Sauce yep. because he was sitting, right? That system has always produced good cornerback play. Even DJ Reed, again, he was with Seattle. He was able to get a bag off of playing in that system, and now he's with Salah. Okay, he's one of the smart players that went from, all right, if I'm going to go to a new team, I'm going to still try to be in a similar system, which he sure. obviously did. <laughs> you know, there's so many corners that from that, that tree that are able to um, continue having success because of that, that team. So, again, like, I think they would still go Stingley um, because what Sauce would be doing in Houston just wouldn't be the same thing that he's doing in New York because they just don't um, put their cornerbacks in position to have to make a lot of plays, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, like, I, I think with Sauce, too, what you're seeing is just a player that is – Super instinctual, I think is scheme is isn't as scheme dependent maybe um, right. as other corners are because he can play that man to man, he can play that soft zone, he can play the cover too, he can do a little bit of everything, and that yes. and I think DJ Reed is is similar, but not maybe on the same level as Sauce, but like you see last week, you see a a, a man heavy defense in the first half, and then you see them switch to basically running everything, cover six, cover two, cover four, quarter, quarter, half. You know, like they did a little bit of everything in that game, and I think their versatility in their defensive backfield with the things they're doing on the defensive line right now, DJ, man, dude, that defensive line is a wagon. I mean, they are. They might be, if they're not the best defensive line in football, one through five, one through six, it's darn close. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah, no, nah, that, that's one of the best D-lines in the NFL. I mean, that, that it, it's it's shaping up to be similar. I don't think it, it could ever reach what the Niners in 2019 were, but it's setting up to be close to that. You know what I'm saying? Like where you rush before, drop seven coverage, and then make the windows hard to to find uh, targets. You know what I'm saying? So um, that D-line is – look, that defense is a top-five unit. Now, offensively, I think you and I both agree that um, they can only go so far with mm-hmm. how they play offensive football. But right now – you know, it's working. So what do you make of the Zach Wilson, I don't know what you want to call it, but, you know, basically all week we had, let's see, uh, shoot, I mean, we had five or six Jets people on the shows over the course of our week last week, and almost everybody kind of left saying, yeah, like, no, Mike White is not going to play, and, you know, Garrett, or not Garrett Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson, he's the starter, Salah doesn't like to bench people, like, you're reading too much into it, but there were a lot, plenty of, maybe just the same amount that was saying, well, maybe cool cool your Jets, he's not going to get benched to... If he doesn't play well, Mike Mike White could get the nod. Like he might, if, if it's if it's a you know two or three score game in the second half, they're getting blown out. That might really they might pull the cord on Zach Wilson from that to what we saw last week, which is a guy that got rid of the ball in under three seconds, hit the top of his drop, threw the football, threw an accurate ball, and he featured their number whatever number eight overall pick, the best wide receiver in that draft, Garrett Wilson. I think that's a formula, man. Like that seems like a formula that could work for them. Uh, I mean, here's the here's the thing though. Like, the issue with Zach is more for me is um, you know, once you take away that 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 once you take away that first read, that's one. But also, they're obviously obviously running the offense to protect him from himself, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the throws were not downfield against the uh, against the uh, the Bills, right? It's a lot of quick stuff trying to get the ball out of his hands. And he could be efficient in that, but you and I both know there's going to be games where that's not going to be enough because you're going to need more because the defense may be struggling a little bit. Because, you know, you and I both know this, it's a long season. Like, you're going to have games where your defense doesn't show up, right? And 
it's going to be a game where he's going to have to not – they can't play it safe. Yep. Um, my, my issue is when it comes to playing under pressure and having pocket presence, like it's like his brain shuts off at times and he just <laughs> like kind of like goes haywire, you know. And you and I both know you have to in the NFL be able to play under pressure, yep. sense pressure, be able to feel that and still execute the offense, whether you have to speed up your, your drops, speed up your processing, get the ball out, find your checkdowns. You have to be able to do that because at the end of the day, like, like it's not going to be a clean pocket every single time. So, you know, I think because of the issues at quarterback, I think that limits their ceiling how far they can go. Because, yeah. again, like, we're six games in with Zach. Yes, he's 5-1, but we all know quarterback wins is in the stat. Facts. He has four touchdown passes. Like, yeah. come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's like, we're in 2022 where it's never been easier to throw the football. He has four touchdown passes. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, come on. And it's not like this isn't the receiving core that went to Buffalo last year in Week 18 where it was that's basically right. – Corey know, Davis and nobody. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like he – like that was different. He had him throw the ball to. He has Garrett Wilson. He has Elijah Moore. He has Tyler Conkley. He has CJ Uzama. Like he has options now. And the passing attack just isn't, you know, prolific at all. And I know, you know, they might be want to be a run-heavy offense or a run-based offense in the West Coast system. But we've seen you can still be prolific through the air from the West Coast offense. Like Miami, like Tua is like the, the Dolphins offense is like top five in yep. yards per game through the air. Like we saw Sean McVay. He's from that Shanahan tree. And their offense – for the most part, was always through the air. You know what I'm saying? Like, they'll run the ball, but, like, they can do both. And, like, it's just hard for me to see that you can – I think they'll get to the playoffs, be able to win playoff games without being able to um, throw the football with consistency unless, you know, you have a Derrick Henry type run, um, which is still rare. Like, how often do we see that? You feel me? Yeah, and they don't got Derrick Henry. You know, James Robinson ain't Derrick Henry. I I will tell you, I'm upset they lost Brees Hall. And it's not because I own him in fantasy. He's damn good. Yeah, why? I got I, I got him in fantasy too. I got him in fantasy too. Like he was gonna remember, he was gonna run away. With, with, with oh, it was not gonna be close. Yeah, it was yeah, not it gonna be close. close. He right now he's still like top, I think like top twenty five in scrimmage yards, and he hasn't played. I know it's the Broncos game. It's crazy. Yo, listen. Um, before I let you go, big game tomorrow in Buffalo. We'll see if Josh Allen plays. But Justin Jefferson versus Stephon Diggs, the I don't know reunion game of the the most even trade of all time. Um, where's your head at with where both of those guys are right now? And and listen, I part of this is is a quarterback conversation because I think Justin Jefferson hasn't maybe had the season. I think people were looking at him as having a Cooper Cup like season, and it hasn't really worked out that way this year. Plus, they just got T.J. Hawkinson, so that's even less volume statistics that you maybe you can expect from Justin Jefferson. But man, Diggs is having maybe his best season in the NFL at his career. Yeah, no, I mean, I still think both of them are top five receivers. I'll put them. For sure. Those two, Devon, uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Jamar Chase, like that would probably be my five for the most part um, in terms of across the NFL. I mean, as you said, about as even as a trade as you can get. You know, you got Stephon Diggs who took, who helped raise the level of your quarterback, your young quarterback, and then you also have Justin Jefferson who is absolutely uncoverable. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, that about as even as a trade as you can get across the board listen man i appreciate you as always I'm, I'm sitting here i'm watching notre dame my man marcus freeman not only is he handsome as hell but man he can coach some football bro i i, I assume you watched that that clemson game at least a little bit last weekend i, I, I watched a little bit i watched a little bit i was too focused on uh, the alabama LSU. i figured you might be i figured you might be i wasn't watching any of that i don't watch brian kelly no more
<laughs> Understandable. But here's the thing, bro. What I was, I, I was kind of going back and forth because the thing I wanted more than anything in the world was for LSU and Notre Dame to be both three lost teams by the end of the season. Because first of all, Notre Dame's going to beat USC. They haven't beat anybody. They got a cupcake schedule, and Caleb Williams is a little overrated. I think Notre Dame's going to win that one. They're going to finish the season with nine and three. Man, could you imagine if LSU and Notre Dame both finished nine and three and could meet in a bowl game the, the year after Brian Kelly left? Like that was my vision, and then they had to go out and. Beat Beat Alabama, just ruining the whole thing for me. Yeah, but right now they're in a dog fight with Arkansas, so you might be able to still get that. I'm, I'm desperately, desperately hoping for it. All right, DJ, I appreciate you, bro. Thanks as always for joining me and uh, and chatting ball. Always appreciate the insight and uh, enjoy the weekend slate of games. And uh, we'll talk again soon, man. I appreciate you. I right, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, DJ B enemy there of ESPN covers the Houston Texans. We're going to take a timeout. Ross Tucker coming your way next here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.